Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the healthcare needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. someone who I've known for a very, very long time, Debbie. And Debbie's going to tell her story. She'll introduce herself. But um, she's actually been at Boston University longer than me. And I feel always feel like I've been here for a very long time. Um, I feel blessed that, that I have been. So Debbie, can you tell us your story? Um, you have a role at BU um, as an academic uh, counselor at Sargent College, mm -hmm. but what you do is goes way beyond the boundaries of Sargent. So first of all, congratulations on your Boston University Advising Award for the whole university. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> so proud of you and a very well-deserved award. But tell us about you know your service. You've been here a long time. Mm -hmm. I think that... Um, Service has always been very important to me, as well as education. So I was looking for an opportunity to get into education. I had my teaching certification, and I chose not to teach. Um, I felt counseling, and um, I felt counseling was a better match for you, maybe a better match. Um, I felt more confident about growing into that role. And when I came to Sargent, I saw a need for that type of role. And not only just advising individual students in terms of their academics, but looking at their experience in um, a university setting and saying, Sargent has always been known for being a very close-knit community. Sargent has um, a very long history of doing that, even before Sargent School became part of BU. And I really took that to heart and decided that to listen very carefully to what the students needed to make it, our, our community a much more vibrant, and healthy place to grow, um, to grow personally, to grow professionally, to grow academically. And it really started as I got to know the students and I would find out what it was that you know, they felt they were missing or they wanted more of. And I think when a student came to me and said, we need a peer mentor program. And this was in 1988. Wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> and so I said, well, um, 
maybe the best thing for us to do is put together a student focus group and a faculty focus group and, you know, see what we can come up with. Identifying, you know, what we're looking for in a peer mentor. So that program was born in 1989 and it really, you know, did come down to students who wanted to be in a more advising role um, and the advice wouldn't necessarily be about the curriculum but student life how to negotiate things more easily um, how to manage your time how to uh, study for specific subjects because obviously, you know, you need a different skill set for every subject. So really giving students an overall picture um, of what to expect. And um, it really impressed me that the students who were, who gravitated towards being in these roles they had already had enough experience in their own lives to, first of all, want to help others in that way. It, and it really fit into the philosophy of Sargent going into the helping professions. Yeah, that sounds great. So, you know, these students self-identified that mm. they wanted to be mm-hmm. peer mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was there any training that came um, with that from you? I'm assuming yes. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, we, we would talk about what were the priorities to get across to students in terms of the different roles of the faculty advisor, the different roles of the peer mentor, and the different roles of the professional advisor. And at that time, I was the only professional You were the only advisor. one. That's true. <laughs> That's, and that was a lot of students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it really clarified, you know, what the students could do. And they were talking basically from their own experience. But, you know, definitely giving them enough training about the resources um, on campus, getting them to know the curriculum, you know, quite well. Um, Also, we we would do scenarios. So, you know, if a student came and, you know, was having trouble with something, you know, we would have, you know, one of the peer mentors be the peer mentor and the other one be the student, and we'd give the student student, you know, the opportunity to really just, you know, (laughs) pile it on (laughs) to the peer mentor to see how they would, you know, react and, and what kind of advice they would give. And that was always very telling. Yeah, of course. So this has been around since 1988. So Mm -hmm. what, what changes have you seen since that time period? In the program or in just BU in general? You know, why don't we do both if you'd like? Okay. I think that what I've seen happen is that students pick things up a lot quicker than they used to. But in doing so, sometimes they're not paying as close attention to their experience. And... They, they have visions of where they want to be without really appreciating where they are. 
at that at that moment at that moment and i think that one of the things that bu has been very good about is really trying to in the programs that they've created get students to disconnect from technology and pay closer attention to their own experience and you know more self-awareness about what they're getting out of things, you know, their, their activities, their academic, their extracurricular community service, um, research, whatever they decide to do, so that they're not so far ahead of themselves that when they don't meet those goals or dreams or expectations, they don't feel like everything is just falling apart. You know, um, I want to just, you know, uh, share something that I experienced today that reinforces this as, as a, an ethos mm -hmm. for, for Boston University. I was over at the Howard Thurman mm -hmm. Center today, mm -hmm. and they have a room that um, I, I wish I could stay there all day, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a moss room, and it's a room where technology has to be uh, shut off and uh, very calming. You go in there to just think. And I think mm -hmm. that's what you're talking about, you know, mm -hmm. taking time to step back from our very busy life, including technology. Mm -hmm. And I love technology, mm -hmm. that's for sure, too. Mm -hmm. um, but I see that happening here mm -hmm. um, to help students participate with each other, not just in academics, but mm -hmm. conversations mm -hmm. that are important in life. And that's something you've been doing. And, you know, yeah. you've been doing it since the day, you know, you arrived at, mm -hmm. at BU Sargent College. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could share with us um, some alums that you know you have you know, interacted with, and and some that you'd like to just share. You don't have to give their names, but maybe some things about them. Mm -hmm. Oh, Karen, there are so many because I've been here for so long. I know <laughs> you weren't here when I was a student. That's I came I came after that. I was mm -hmm. here 77 to 79. Mm -hmm. I could have used you as an advisor. I would have liked that. <laughs> I don't even know if I had an advisor, mm -hmm. if there was a counselor there mm -hmm. at that time. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that I am deeply appreciating is that the, you know, I'm um, the administrative representative to the Sargent Alumni Board. And what I hear the alumni want to do is they want to come back and mentor the, uh, the students in, in helping them develop professional skills and just sharing their experience and letting them know that they, they have the foundation to move forward with confidence because of the fact that they've gone to Sargent. You know, just hearing them talk about their experiences and their their honesty, their integrity, the idea that, you know, it's so funny because we have an alumni student networking event, an annual event, um, the first Monday of every November. And it's so funny watching students' faces as they hear the alumni say, well, I started out pre-med, but that I've discovered, you know, that that was not the way I wanted to go. And I went, you know, into something completely different. But before that, I went through a few different changes before I got there. 
and some some of the faces the the mouths just hang open like what it's okay you know to change your mind it's it's okay to think outside of the box and to watch the alumni in terms of how they you know tell their stories it just endears them to the students because they're just they're so humble about it um, so talking about an individual alum is hard for me because I just see these traits that are mirrored in so many of them. They've all had highs and lows as well, you know, whether they decide to do a startup company or something and it, it goes well for maybe six months and then they end up not having a job at all to you know, starting in one field and just moving forward. They all seem to have the same grounding, same sense of life-affirming attitudes. And that, that um, you know, I've gone to the Alumni Student Network um, event because I'm on the alumni board also. Yes, so I get are. to see you and other people <laughs> too. And um, it's, it is gratifying to see that it's not always a straight line to have the career that you um, anticipate. Um, and that hearing those stories from alums, I think really help guide the students in making decisions. And I'm really excited that um, we will have alums on our podcast, <laughs> Health Matters. Um, and you've got a whole long list of them, which I will reach mm -hmm. out to. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to switch gears for a minute. And, you know, you're not just an academic counselor, mm -hmm. but you have a life besides <laughs> that. Um, and you have a very exciting other career. And mm -hmm. can you share that with us, mm -hmm. too? So it actually started at Boston University when I took a folk song and social history course with Professor Tony Behrend, um, who used to be part of a program that's no longer here called the University Professors Program. And he actually was a, an interdisciplinary professor um, because he taught courses in anthropology, psychology, and music and dance. Because he was a traditional folk singer and and Morris dancer, he encouraged everyone in class to sing and to share music that you know they grew up with in terms of you know what they believed was the folk tradition. So I actually heard this two two women sing in the class that I said, "Oh my gosh, I really want to sing with them." And I had been, you know, doing musical theater and, um, and theater, and I had decided not to pursue that professionally. You know, even though I was kind of on the fringe of Boston theater, I decided that's not what I wanted. I really wanted to sing, and I wanted to uh, be in music where the focus was on the story, storytelling. And Tony really encouraged that. And when I heard Anne-Marie and Casey singing, I asked them if they wanted to do a project together. So we started performing in class, and then <clears throat> Tony just couldn't shut us up because we, I, it, it, it really was a wonderful match. And uh, we, we did a final project on rounds and, you know, did the research as to how rounds started and everything. And... 
you know, I was talking with him all along about the fact that we really did want to do something professionally. And he suggested doing a house concert and to see what kind of response we got. One of my friends had a wonderful Victorian house in Dorchester, so she opened it up and we did a concert and it was so well received that the next thing we started doing, we did King Richard's Renaissance Fair and we sang at this, you know, Colonial Tavern in Avon. And from there we started getting, you know, jobs in museums and um, we even sang uh, on the replica of the Mayflower in Plymouth, which was really exciting. And, um, and the whole focus was really, you know, telling the stories of where these songs came from, how they traveled. And harmony has always been very important to me. The harmony was, you know, really key to the power of our voices together. And um, Casey left the group, and we took on somebody else, and then you know she had to leave. But Anne Marie and I have been together for thirty-two years. Wow! <laughs> I know longevity <laughs> is longevity, really, and, uh, and and again, you know, this is like this is happening at the same time that mm -hmm. you go to Sargent College mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to put you on the spot mm -hmm. um, to ask you to maybe sing a little bit for uh, us as we okay. conclu conclude. <clears throat> All right. Well, I guess I can sing a little piece of the parting glass. Oh, all the money that e'er I had, I spent it in good company, and all the harm that e'er I've done, Alas, it was to none but me. And all I've done for want of wit, To memory now I can't recall. So fill to me the parting glass. Good day. And joy be with you all. Oh, bravo. And, uh, you know, I particularly asked you to do this because I was trying to emulate you being in class years ago when you were asked to, to sing. Um, thank you for all that you do at Sargent College and for bringing this your beautiful voice to all of us. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. This has been a real pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>